When you're self a self-disciplined person, you need to express that to your partner and tell them why that's important to you and that it doesn't mean you love them less. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the way you want to live your life. And people are going to change for each other, but you should not you should not try to coerce or change someone who is doing something that they find meaningful and important for their life. Absolutely. And Absolutely. that has to be a creed. I mean, guys need to be able to repeat that, and they need to get that in their head so they can explain it to their, to their wife, to their girlfriend, or to whoever. Because honestly, how we manifest our life, how we live it, should, until we join another person, then we create something together. But your interests and habits don't need to change, especially if they're helping you become a better version of yourself. What's good, everyone? Welcome back to the Roommates Podcast. Chris, the star of the show here. And I am joined by no other then Mary Jo Rupini, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks, Chris. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm very excited about this topic. I think this is very needed, something we haven't talked about. Uh, and we're going to talk about attractiveness. So, yes. like, there's been, like, this thing in our community where physical attraction has been very important to us. We have They have to look a certain way, dress a certain way, you know, you know, with the clothes on and with the clothes off. You know what yes. I mean? They got to have all those mm-hmm. things. So how much does physical attraction plays in a relationship and how does that kind of physical attraction like help sustain a relationship in the long run well you know and this is a I, I love this topic because there's so much I could say about this psychologically I will say this I think that it's very important that when you date someone or when you're with someone that you're physically attracted to them. However, I think a lot of times people focus so much on that that they basically get blindsided by what really constitutes or helps you develop and grow a relationship. So you can be with the most beautiful person, but they'll grow ugly, they'll grow Mm. mean and bitchy if you don't have the other qualities that are so important to actually growing the relationship. Nobody wants to be with someone who looks good, but there's nothing else, like that's it. And so much attention is how they look that they haven't developed other parts of themselves. So do you feel like the attraction, how they look physically, is really more important in the initial phases, getting to know each other, uh, versus kind of like the long-term game. Yeah, I, I think that, that, the, that the, you know, basically we get together with someone because of the way they look, the way they smell, their total chemistry, the way they walk, all of that is part of the attraction. But I will say this, it's important that you, there is consistency with that. Like, mm. you don't want somebody who looks really good on camera and the first date and then totally lets themselves go after that i mean it's it's obvious that this person is not going to really be able to be in a relationship with you for a long time but when you're with this person and you're attracted to them physically then i think as long as they're consistent on that and they're not overdone or 
over edited or filtered, mm. then what ends up happening is you're allowed to relax in that and, and really get to see all the other attributes of the person that are so important. Also, I will say there's so much pressure on the way women look that I know a lot of women that just basically turn guys down or stop dating because they're so afraid how they're going to look naked or what the guy's going to judge them as far as their looks. If they, you know, if they get, if they are a little overweight or at least feel overweight, that I think it's really important that when you're dating someone, you're aware of that and sensitive to what their needs are too. So like during the initial stages, you know, attraction plays a big part. And like you said, people don't want to get blinded by, you know, what they see online or just, you know, what appears in front of them. So how can they really negate that or lower the risk of that blindness or getting caught off guard based off what they see on Instagram or social media, things like that? Well, what's good, everyone? Chris has started the show here. I want to talk about the new course I launched, Veins Without Vanity, A Beginner's Guide to Physical and Spiritual Excellence. In this course, you will learn how I lost 30 pounds in less than six months and how I became close to God in the process also i really want to illustrate how working out getting back in shape getting into the gym how the pain and the intensity is how it's very similar to following god how you have to show up every day how it's not easy and i will teach you how to really do so at the same time during my journey of getting back in shape i noticed that working out and following god has a lot of similar characteristics and in the course i highlight those characteristics and explain how the gym and how following God runs hand in hand. The course will include the beginning steps of getting back in shape. So how to find the right gym, the right workout plan, meal plan, things like that. But it also will include beginning steps of getting closer with God, how to find the right church, you know, how to read the Bible, how to pray. Even a Bible study is included in the course as well. But also we include beginner steps on how to build your personal relationship with Jesus. So get the Veins Without Vanities course today. And for those who sign up on Patreon, the course will be on there for free. Yes, for free. And on my Patreon, you get all exclusive content, Q&As, updated workouts, more Bible studies, more spiritual and fitness content will be on my Patreon. So make sure you check that out today. I think the most important thing is that you know yourself. Once again, it comes to self-awareness. And if you, like, if you see someone you really like, and I'll, I'll say you're a guy, and you start telling her how beautiful she is, how much you love this picture or this outfit, you're going to heighten. You know, you think you're doing something good, but you're actually heightening her internal anxiety. Mm. Like she knows now that you are actually observing that and judgmental of that. So you would be much wiser to just say, you know, I like the way you look. Um, I like your words or give her something else that she posted that shows some kind of thought that you're not just into the looks, but you're also into things she said, or maybe her interests or something like that. Then she's gonna be more open and trusting, I think, at least a little bit, that mm. you won't be judging just the way she looks. It's very interesting, because I know I have friends that will say like, you know, you present yourself a certain way, you know, with, you know, how you dress, even the makeup, contouring, things like that. And it's kind of like, once all that goes away, you show me you're actually real you, 
sometimes it goes down the line. It can be days, it can be weeks, it can be months mm-hmm. into the relationship. You know, so when that happens, how is the man or the woman supposed to respond to that if it's like, hey, well, I thought you looked here or you were, you know, dressed a certain way here or have this kind of status here that made me physically attracted to you. But since, you know, the cameras are off, the filter is off, you know, like your makeup is off or the guys for guys, your hat is off or whatever. Yeah. Watches the jury is off, you know, and this is who you are, like raw form. And it's kind of like it. It decline, like I guess, like goes lower than what they expect. How are people supposed to respond to that? Well, you know, in a very real way, Chris, if you're going for someone for their looks, then you're setting yourself up for betrayal. Mm. Because dating now, if you go just for looks, I can almost promise anybody that's doing that, especially for guys looking at women, that you will feel betrayed. Because when women are posting photos, it's an angle. They, you know, if you've ever noticed women that want to attract a lot of attention, they show more skin. Very seldom do you see a woman who is confident enough that she's like, I am not showing that part. I'm going to show what I'm really like. And the reason they don't do that is because they don't get as many hits. Mm -hmm. They don't get as popular. And so in a way, society has kind of set this thing up where women feel like the only way to get attraction is to show a lot of cleavage, a lot of booty, a lot of leg. And so one thing that I think if guys are strong enough, if they're self-aware enough, that they would tell them, I like pictures where you're showing less of this so I don't get distracted and maybe more of who you really are. But that's if you said that as a guy, people other guys would say, What is wrong with you? I think so even there's, there's a lot of keeping up. A lot of women would judge you as being Yeah, it's kinda like why are you policing me or yeah. why are you trying to dress me a certain way? Exactly. Exactly. And they're saying that because they they don't want to hear that. They want to hear guys. They Everybody wants men and women to fit into a box that they're familiar with. And a box that a lot of women are familiar with is a guy wanting them for only one thing. Mm. And so they play that. That's what they do. But lo and behold, if they had a guy who didn't play that game, they, they probably would be quite intimidated and they wouldn't want to get involved with them because they wouldn't know how to respond to someone who truly wanted to just know them completely. Yeah, because it's, it's, a, it's a dynamic where it's like, I feel like people have to present themselves a certain way to get attraction, to get the likes, to get the clicks, but at the same time, it's kind of sacrifice in a way that you could be judged in a sense, even for a man. If I post mm-hmm. my, you know, lifestyle, where I eat, where I travel, jewelry, you know, like all the stuff that makes men look attractive online, you know, that would give a lot of attention. But at the same time, it can give off certain kind of, you know, image or a certain kind of stereotype or whatever. So how can we balance that? Because in a sense, it's like you kind of have to, in today's society, it's kind of like branding, right. marketing yourself. If you mm-hmm. want a certain person, um, you have to really become what they desire at the same time. So you have to work up to that level. But at the same time, it's like, 
I don't want to get judged by the wrong person or the potential suitor because of the skin I'm showing or because of the jewelry and the, the stuff I'm wearing. It's like I don't understand how people can really balance it out. Right. Well, you know, what I would say is most of this happens very quickly in a new relationship. And I think the dance or the delicate part of, of forming a relationship is being able to become vulnerable with your true self and as quickly in the relationship as you can. Mm. But that takes a lot of trust. And a lot of people are not trustworthy. Like you could really end up with a broken heart if you, you know, told your partner what you're really like, maybe took off the wig, you know, put on a, a sweater that covers you up on top, or, you know, you, you said that this is part of my job, but this isn't really who I am. And you begin letting them see these other parts of you that are so important. The relationship cannot stabilize itself just based on looks. It will never work. And so the quicker you can the quicker you can identify what you love about this person or really are turned on chemistry wise the the better off the relationship will actually be able to sustain itself for the women mm-hmm. I, I know that they have or it, what it can seems like from what I hear other women it's like they have this anxiety level of where if he sees a true me you know he may not want me because of what Instagram says or whatever these podcasters or YouTube mm-hmm. channel this is what attract me as a man you being physically attractive you look in a certain way even submissiveness you mm-hmm. know you acting a certain way how you treat me you know and also just like just how you kind of court and how you really come together in our relationship all these things are what women see as men as them like us finding them attractive especially the physical part so it's like how can they control, I guess, that worry or that, or that anxiety if he sees the true me without the filter, without the makeup, without the wig and things like that? Like, how can they really, like, really um, control that anxiety? Yeah, well, you know, and it's really hard. I mean, so many women work on this. And they there's a lot of body. When you have a bad body image or you're not totally accepting of your body, all of life will confirm that. Like you'll get in on an airplane and somebody will say something and it just confirms, you know what, I don't fit in, I'm not good enough. It can be, it can happen anywhere. But I think overall, what I tell my female clients is, would you want to be with someone who their only attraction or reason for being with you was the way you look? I mean, think about it. Like you said, we all have downtimes. We all have times we don't work out, we binge, we overdrink. And what kind of a what kind of a person would sabotage their own self-esteem by put, by hooking up with somebody who only loved them because of the way they look? I mean, for one thing, that man would not be emotionally mature because he basically isn't going to go any deeper than what he sees and you know i know men are more visual but i also know that you know very rarely will you see a guy when he's really looking for a partner or or i'll talk to a guy who's recently engaged what he will tell me is all her other attributes he and then he'll say oh and look at her you know she's beautiful well you know i look at her and i don't see the same beautiful look 
that he does. So it's obvious to me that he's already gotten below that he still believes she's kept, she's beautiful because of the other attributes he's been able to identify. Mm. So and he might be the most beautiful man I've ever seen and he thinks she's beautiful not because physically that is the reality but because he has gone deeper into all the other things that have made her more beautiful. Yeah, cuz well, Chris, you know, you can, like, you've had girlfriends, and mm-hmm. and you know that you can really be into that person. And when you, like, if it didn't work out or whatever happened, you can look back and you can say she was really beautiful, but these things got in our way. It's these things she was not attractive yeah. on. And I think those things are really important. I think the things that... Like, I've been able to identify six that I think you need for a stable relationship. Let's go through them. Okay. So the first thing is you have an open opinion. So you have an opinion to offer, and you'll talk about that. You don't try and hide things, but yet you're open. You're open to listening to other opinions, too. So you're not dogmatic, but yet you're smart. It shows your thinking and that you formulated some opinions of your own, okay? And, and these and these characteristics are applied to both men and women. Absolutely. Okay. These are things, these are attractive measures that have nothing to do with looks, gotcha. okay? So it's it's that you're not you're not passive or mousy. You have an opinion, but you're open with it and you're and you want to discuss. So it's not your way or the highway. Yeah. In other words, the second one is you have a an emotional intelligence, and that basically means you know when to share your feelings and when to shut up. You know when you know what situation calls for you to be sensitive and a listener, and what situations call for you to say something. And that's especially when you're in an intimate relationship. And then the third one would be that. Um, that you're consistent, you're reliable and consistent. Because when you're reliable and consistent, you basically you basically build and create trust. Mm. So people who are reliable and consistent, they're easy to know that they're there for you, that they're trustworthy, and it's very attractive to that person. And most partners will respond to it. Um, fourthly, it's that you show self-discipline. That's it. You are self-disciplined to eat well, to take care of yourself. You're not going to blame other people. You're self-sufficient. Like you can, you you know how to take care of you. You don't need somebody to be there to take care of you. You like working with someone, like in a relationship, but but you can take care of yourself. You know how to do that. Um, and number five would be that you enjoy your own interests. Mm. So you don't need to be entertained. You, it's not your partner's job to take you out all the time or to show you new things or introduce you to new things. You are basically able to get into your own interests, your own hobbies, and that gives the relationship space. So it's really important. Mm. And the sixth one is that you maintain a growth mindset. Mm, that's a good one. So you know that um, when you're with someone, 
that you're going to change and you give them that same grace. Right? Yeah. It doesn't have to, you don't have to be the same person for the next 20 years. Yeah, yeah, you, there's no way you will be. Absolutely. Yeah. Two things stuck out. I think um, the consistency part stuck out. I think um, I think we should go down for like men. What specifically in in ways that men must be consistent in order to be attractive towards women? Okay. So for a woman, what she's going to look for in a guy is that what he says matches what he does. Mm. And if he says, I'll be there for you, that he's responsible and able to write it down and make sure that there's not some excuse of why he wasn't there. Like, oh my God, I double booked this, or I did this, I'm so sorry. That, that would be a very clear sign and, and a trap because a lot of guys fall into that. They, they don't like to schedule. In my experience, that's difficult for them. And, um, and I think just being you know, reliable, that she knows you've got her back, that she knows you're gonna be there when you say you are. What do you, you think? Very important for women. What do you think about uh, providing? You think like that's a level of being <clears throat> like consistently attractive to your partner as a man if you can provide for them? Well, you know, I know that I know um, for a lot of guys, that's what they really that's what they come to the table for. They feel like that's their job. But more and more with couples, what I'm seeing is they want a partner that they can work with with that. So in other words, a lot of guys, when they provide for the for the their woman, they feel like that's their duty and it's done. But they forget that's just part of it. That you can never, in the 50s we had that. Mm -hmm. That was when guys said, well, I provide and I don't beat you and I don't cheat on you. Those were the three standards mm -hmm. for men. And now the standards for men have escalated. I mean, those three will not do it for you. Yeah. <clears throat> and what I hear, the I, or I read this article in a journal that I just got the other day, and it was talking about women who cannot find good partners in men, and they're, they're straight. They're, they're basically forming relationships with their best friends to co-parent. Oh, wow. Like they're having babies with their best friend. Best and like I, guy friend or no, just best like girlfriend? girlfriend. Wow. Girlfriends. Yeah. So it just goes to show me more and more that what women are wanting in a relationship for some reason, there's just a mismatch. Guys are no longer willing to do it or, or even aware of what needs to be done. But these six are really important. They make females more attractive and they make males more attractive. Because I think what I hear from more of my male clients is that the one of these that they find really attractive with women is the woman who is self-sufficient. In other words, she's she's not helpless. I think when women become helpless, it scares men because now they feel like like they're trapped. Like, mm. you know, they don't have the space they had. And if something happened that they were human and made a mistake, she would fall apart. And that's certainly not a healthy relationship. Wow. Whew. I, I want to get there. I definitely want to get there. Um, I, as you were talking, I was thinking just like even some of the relationships I've seen where, and they it'd be young relationships mm -hmm. under five years. Yeah. 
it's kind of like if the man is not consistently providing or something happened, like let's just say mm-hmm. he lost his job or the money drops or some kind of change in life events, they get older. Maybe they were younger, younger yeah. in their 20s. Now they're in their you know, mid to late 20s mm-hmm. and they want more life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, a kid happens or they, yeah. you know, they got family on the way. So now money you know, plays more of a factor in their relationship and if the money is not at the level, you know, where it should be, I guess, it causes strain on the relationship. So it's kind of like the re- like if, if the man or, or however dynamic mm-hmm. they set up, but if the man consistently is not able to provide, that causes a lot of anxiety and worry in the woman. And that puts a strain on the relationship. Obviously, the man feels some type of way because he doesn't feel like a man. Right. Like he can, he's contributing. Mm-hmm. So that affects his mental health as well but I, I do see that if there's any inconsistent level or some kind of like up and down kind of mm-hmm. stock market effect in the money you know it, it's going to cause some kind of like I guess red flag or some yes. kind of anxiety factor in the woman's head have you seen that as well oh yeah I mean that is that's a financial stressor and most of that well not most of it but what happens in those couples is that she, you know, women are really in relationships for security. Like they, because ultimately women want a family and they want to raise the children. And the one thing that shakes security is infidelity and finances. Yeah. So when a guy is like, if they, if the guy is the main breadwinner and she's gonna, let's say she's gonna stay home and take care of the kids, then what happens is when he loses a job, all of a sudden she becomes panicked. And because she becomes panicked, she'll many times start trusting him less, start moving away from him, stop respecting him. And then what's going on in his head, he begins feeling like a failure, like he's not a man, like he's not getting the same respect from her. And so many times he'll turn outside the relationship looking for support. And then this brings in the other big sabotager in a relationship, and that is an emotional or physical affair. Yeah. And the whole thing just spirals downward. So how, how can, like, I, I'm only saying this because I feel like if we're going to live a long time, there's right. going to be maybe some way down the future, it's going to be some kind of financial struggle yes. in a relationship. So how can people deal with that in a healthy way, both the man and the woman? And that's so important. I think up front, Chris, they need to talk. You know, we don't talk about money. We we basically use it as a power, like, you know, we take our partner out to eat or we do nice things. But now what's happening in the new, you know, dating now is people are very frugal. And they're actually having those money talks that once were taboo. Mm. I tell all my couples, live below your means. You need a buffer because I can guarantee you in, a, in life, you are going to lose your job or you're going to make less money. You're going to go through periods where there's layoffs. And you don't want that financial stress to be able to sabotage what the two of you 
have created. Mm -hmm. So I think when couples talk about it, and both people are contributing, I think I still think it's very wise when both men and women contribute to the financial burden of the family. It's too much for one person. So like, yeah, inflation if, is going up. <laughs> yes, if we want our men to be in our family and involved with the kids, then we need to help financially, unless we're gonna live very frugally. And a lot of couples are not willing to do that. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. They wanna travel, they want They the wanna lifestyle. travel, yeah. they want their car, they want their phone, and yeah. it makes it almost impossible to not get into debt with credit cards or something else. Yeah, I just wanted to just kind of touch on that more. Um, but back to the consistency part, like what are the three consistent things that uh, men need to do in order to be, or that, which one did I go? I didn't want to say women. Yeah. yeah. What are the three consistent things women need to do in order to be attracted to men? I think the three most important things for women is you need to be an encourager. Mm. You need to encourage them and you need to show them respect. And when when you can see that they're hurting, you need to be there you need to be there and be able to be emotionally mature enough to know when it's best not to give advice. Guys don't want advice. They just want unless they ask for it, they really want you to show up and just remind them of all the times they've been successful. That works the best for men. Men, when when a guy is reminded of the times he's been successful, something happens inside him and he gains strength and he will come back. So I think part of that consistency is just being, you know, being able to be there, support them, encourage them, and be honest with them about you know, like when you're talking to somebody or um, because I always worry men, women cheat as much as men. And I'm very concerned about that because I think there's a lot more opportunities for women to cross that line of an emotional, emotional friendship into a real relationship. Who? I mean, I, I, I hear you. I, I want to be able to understand or at least kind of gauge the audience mm -hmm. of how, like, when these troubles comes up, how can, you know, the man not, you know, self low not mm -hmm. beat himself up, you know, not, you know, get in a way where it can make him look super weak in front of his woman, mm -hmm. where it's going to be super hard for her to encourage. Because it, there's been relationships where, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, well, you're not the man you're supposed to be. You know, mm -hmm. like, why why aren't you as hardworking as this person? And it's kind of like, when things comes up, it's kind of like, it just, they just battle and they just mm -hmm. fight against each other versus kind of really coming together, working things out as a team. It's mm -hmm. much more of like, you know, I'm I'm scared. I'm right. nervous. Like you got you got to do something. You got it's like more panic and more right. fear. And then that's how people start stepping out. Like you said, guys can go emotionally. Mm -hmm. Women can go there. It's 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 a huge disconnect where like these conversations really just don't be healthy for the relationship and kind of push each other away in a sense. Right. Well, I think it would be really helpful if. And I know this is putting it on guys again, but guys have got to get more comfortable talking about their feelings. This is one of the new dating trends. Like I was reading a study out of Harvard, 74% of all men are starting to reflect on what it means to be a guy. 
Like, what is what is a macho guy? Do I even want to be a macho guy? And they're also getting more outspoken with how they feel. You know, women many times will punish guys and say, well, I feel this and this and this. And they're very in touch with that. But the guy just kind of stands there like, I don't know what I feel. I would encourage every guy to start talking about how he feels. And if you've lost your job or you feel like you're unrespected, disrespected in a relationship, guys, you have got to tell her. The way you're at you, the way you're treating me is making me feel weak. It's making me feel like I'm not a man anymore. Like I I have an idea that to be your man, I wanna be protective. I wanna be there for you. And I feel like you're comparing me to other men rather than coming toward me you're basically pushing me away. And that's really having a, a severe reaction on how I feel about myself and about us. Absolutely, because I think that happens, you know, more often than not, you mm-hmm. know, so it's, because there's there's this thing in, in you know, the men's space or community where it's kind of like, you don't want to show too much feelings, mm-hmm. too much emotions, because it she will look at you down or see you as weak mm-hmm. or weaker because you just broke down and cried in front of me or right. or, or you just kind of ran away from a hard situation how am i supposed to react to that you know those moments could happen in a relationship mm-hmm. you know how does that how can a couple come back from that because well one first how do you feel about just like if a man is too emotional too open or uh, breaks down in front of his woman, does she seem that as unattractive or less attractive, um, you know, in her in her mind, I guess? It depends on what kind of a woman you have. A woman who is very emotionally mature is going to be more attracted to you because they're going to see that vulnerability as you reaching out, as you being more connected to them and closer to them. If you're dating someone who is a little bit less emotionally mature, maybe grew up in like a classic traditional 50s type style where her, her idea of masculinity is, you know, pounding a hole in the wall or, you know, beating somebody else up for her, then she's not going to respect that. And gotcha. she's going to think that this guy is really weak. So, so much of what you're asking depends on the, on the partner. But that isn't on you. No matter what happens, I'd really encourage all men, that is not your problem. Because if you're with someone who is emotionally immature, you should be consistent no matter what. If, you're, if your way of dealing with issues is to break down and cry or tell your partner, I feel really really sad about this i say kudos to you there is a woman out there who will really love you and will be vulnerable with you in other words i think guys are more um are more willing to try and match what their woman expects and i don't think that's wise Mm -hmm. because i've seen a lot of guys who i think are incredibly emotionally mature but they're with very emotionally immature women and then those women can make or break that guy oh, absolutely. just by the treatment they do of them. So what are some signs of 
you can go both men and women yes. are emotionally immature because I do know strong men have been in relationships get broken down by, uh-huh. by the words of, you know, their partner and just by the situation. Or even if, like you said, like, you know, I'm a, like, I'm a guy, I have been in a relationship where I have opened up, shared some very vulnerable mm-hmm. things, and in arguments, they got thrown back to me in my face. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, it's like, man, that's a bad way of fighting. I mean, fighting unfair. That's <laughs> what that is. So it's like, yeah. it's naturally, it's like, okay, for the next person, she ain't gonna get that because this person completely disrespect not saying like in a real yeah. scenario but you know that's how some people think right. they want to move differently now protect themselves mm-hmm. and have you know those kind of barriers because once they are open and vulnerable and letting themselves up especially to a woman and all that information or wherever she sees if it changed that mm-hmm. view of him or she you know like has less respect for him mm-hmm. now she treats him differently now he did what relationship people tell them to do or what other people are telling them to do even what she wants them to do and kind of backfired on yeah them. that happens to men every single day yeah i know i because i see these broken guys and i think what emotionally mature looks like to me it's when you're comfortable in your own skin and you know what you value and you and because of that you have good boundaries like you won't let somebody perpetrate a boundary that's very important to you and also that you are consistent i think consistency is part of being emotionally mature and i think being self-sufficient being open to other people's emotions and trying to trying to join them in their perception You know, when I do couples counseling, one of the practices I do is I have them tell me what their partner's perception is of what's going on. Mm. And as sometimes they can't even get into that space. They have no idea how their partner is feeling. So that's a good exercise for couples to do. Like if if you were to tell your partner you're hurting, that you feel really bad about yourself, Having your partner get into that perception of where you are and tell me where she is at that time. Like, how do you feel? Like, if you were, if you're with Chris and you're in that perception, explain that feeling to me. And they'll say, I just feel so low. I feel so vulnerable. I feel weak. And the more that couples can align on what each other's feeling, the better they'll come together and they'll try to help each other out of it. Mm, yeah, that makes and sense. It, it really works beautifully. I think a, uh, an emotionally mature person doesn't change who they are with who they date. Ooh. In other words, if you're dating someone that when you tell them you're vulnerable and they, they make fun of it or they throw it in your face, say, you know what, that is disrespectful and I'm out of here. Yeah. And you cut it then because it's not going to get any better from there. You're not yeah. going to teach this person to be emotionally mature. Yeah, a- absolutely. Because emotional maturity is, is, is you have to have it in order That's to sustain right. the relationship. Exactly. So, like, like, what is the basis level for people to be emotionally mature? Do they have to have that self, you know, awareness kind of journey before they get into relationships? Uh, because nowadays I see mm-hmm. people going from one relationship to next relationship to next relationship and kind of just like, oh, well, this person didn't match up with me, therefore it's not the right person for me, so I just need to kind of, you know, 
keep yeah. going versus like, well, you maybe need to take a look in yourself and see what you're projecting, see what you're doing, and see what, you know, what's Good going point. on. point. Yeah. You know, I think the number one thing is to have the courage to stand in your own flaws. And when I say that, I mean when people tell you, when more than one people, that person that you respect tells you this is an issue for you, and rather than you getting defensive, that you don't run from it. You, you encourage them and say, tell me more about your perception of that with me. Mm. So that basically you own your flaws. And some of those flaws you'll say, wow, that is really good feedback. Um, I, I'm really gonna work on this actively with a therapist or with my partner or somebody, whoever is a best friend or whatever. Or you say something like, I accept that flaw. Like that flaw is not going to change probably. Like I'm gonna to have to get less defensive about it. I'm gonna to have to try and, and prepare for it. Like, like if I'm preparing for a paper and one of my big flaws is I procrastinate, then I'm gonna to have to make myself diligently get up, set an alarm because I have this terrible flaw. This is just in me and I'm, I've not been able to cure it any yeah. other way. Yeah. I, th I think that is the test of an emotionally mature person. I do know one thing, it has nothing to do with age. I have a guy in therapy right now and he's in his 50s. He's a serial dater. Like he just goes from relationship to relationship because he's like a chameleon. What causes we, that? You know, I think he's terrified of being intimate. I think. I think to have somebody really know his soft underbelly is so scary for him. Did that come from just kind of just pain from the past, I think from just, the previous relationship? Mm -hmm, I think just pain from his upbringing. Most of this stuff starts in our childhood. Absolutely. And I think it's just he got teased, he got brutalized for being a certain way. And so what he did was he just packed it away and he just said, I'm never gonna have anybody hurt me that way again. And so he just goes from person to person, but he is the lonely, he comes to see me because he's lonely. He's so lonely. And he's, it's not because he's not in a relationship. The guy has incredible luck. He finds a woman all the time, yeah. but he, he's going to leave her and how, he's gonna date somebody else. How is he as just a man? Just like, is he self, he got, he got money, he got his stuff together, or is he kind of just still kind of figuring it out or he's well, established? That's a, that's a good question. He's established, but he just, this part of his life and he will cry about it. He'll say, I feel like an empty shell. And the reason is he can't connect on the most intimate part. Like having sex is not intimacy. Intimacy is after the sex or before the sex when you're truly connected. It's like that same feeling of if somebody you really love dies and you're holding their hand, it's almost going with them right to the doorstep and then God takes them. If you've ever had that depth of intimacy where you feel like this person's taking a part of you, mm. that's intimacy. Yeah, yeah. And and it takes a lifetime, I think, to create that. I only ask that because like I, 
it can I can foresee a lot of guys just kind of just getting mm-hmm. their life together and just kind of just dating serially and that's it. You yep. know, without knowing the consequences, mm-hmm. you know, years down the line because we have all these cameras now, we can see stuff, but they don't really understand what life can be like in 20, 30 years. You know, yeah. they're just going by days and days. So the decisions that they make today affects tomorrow. And, you know, that kind of like individual, I feel like you're going to have more of those men coming because they take in some kind of content you know, have some kind of stereotype belief about, you know, women and, you know, they going to just guard themselves and hold themselves in and not be vulnerable like that. And then, you know, potentially be lonely or will be lonely, you know, later on down the line. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this, this is so, this is so poignant about them. They don't live long lives. And I, research says the reason they don't live long lives is because the heart Our cells and our body are really connected to our feelings, how we feel. And so if you don't get that depth connection, that intimacy, what ends up happening is your heart. You struggle cardiovascularly and mental illness. He's had two heart attacks, and he's in good shape. So you would not look at this guy and go, man, this guy is just eating and drinking bad. It's not that. It's that he... He, his, he's not in good shape because he doesn't have this other intimate part of himself developed. So what happens is when he has a heart attack, and this, is, this was the first reason he came in. He was 38. Mm. He came in because when he had a heart attack, no one came to see him. And he was so distraught. Why would they? Like, you yeah. know, they all, everybody who dates him ends up feeling bad because they find out about the next person. Yeah. And it's and it, and this is his trajectory. This is his life until Whew. he gets brave. Well, yeah, well, I'm uh, hopefully he has some revelation, uh, you know, yeah. you know, I think it would be good to to pray because I don't uh, you know, I, that's not a life that, you know, I feel like we're called to live, you know, especially right. a lonely life. Um right. and I think that's what people don't really understand that that loneliness and that isolation mm-hmm. is to me is a poison that just slowly just get dropped in your system, you know, time and time and time again. And sometimes it's like it's self-inflicted, you know, in, uh, in other yeah. ways. But um, I think the self-discipline part that you touched on earlier, um, and I kind of, I have a personal question. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I I think of you with the self-discipline part because I think of you that way. Thank you. I pre- I'm trying. That man. you are really self-disciplined. And, you know, Ryan Holiday has this great book. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the name? Of, it's something about self-discipline is, is our destiny. Mm-hmm. And the importance of all the great people who, and he goes through a lot of sport players and everybody, a lot of political people and just explorers who had this incredible self-discipline. And no matter what, they, they didn't judge other people for not having it, but rather they had it, they, they created it yes. within themselves. Yes. And no matter how they felt, they, they didn't think about how they felt they did the task they needed yeah, to do. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I think it's, it definitely, you know, takes time mm-hmm. to develop. But, you know, like there's some there there are some, I would say, concerns from men that are self-disciplined or even the guys that are successful, they have mm-hmm. resources or whatever, that that self-discipline part is or that kind of like having 
their own life, the man and the yes. woman. Because these guys have a concern where that these women will come and try to kind of like not change them, mm-hmm. but encourage them to do other things. Like, hey, don't go to the gym today. Yeah, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, take the day off, relax kind of thing. And then, you know, that happens, and then it kind of becomes a routine. Mm-hmm. And now he's not doing going to the gym as much. Now he's not working as much, mm-hmm. and he's not doing it. So then the woman kind of now views him as like, well, what are you doing? Like, yeah, what have you right. been doing? Like, why aren't you working? Do you see that happen in relationships? Often, oh, oh yeah, I sure do. I I've actually seen where where the partner will sabotage the guy who's really into working out and becoming his best. She'll put butter in his food, and she's making his food, and all these things that he's very strict about. But once again, I think that has to do with with lack of communication like you need when you're self a self-disciplined person you need to express that to your partner and tell them why that's important to you and that it doesn't mean you love them less it has nothing to do with them it has to do with the way you want to live your life and people are going to change for each other but you should not you should not try to coerce or change someone who is doing something that they find meaningful and important for their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that has to be a creed. I mean, guys need to be able to repeat that, and they need to get that in their head so they can explain it to their, to their wife, to their girlfriend, or to whoever. Because honestly, how we manifest our life, how we live it, should, until we join another person, then we create something together, but your interests and habits don't need to change, especially if they're helping you become a better version of yourself. Absolutely, because I mean, I have, I have talks with my friends all the time, and we'll notice like very successful guys or very accomplished guys, mm-hmm. you know, especially when they're single. Yeah. They're single, they're grinding, they're focused, they're doing all the things they need to do, they get to a certain level, and they get to this level, and now they get this girl. Mm-hmm. This girl come in the picture, now, we can go on our Instagram, we can go on whatever, and it's like they are not as productive. They're not right. working, they're not putting out content, they're not doing this. They kind of like got the prize, per se, in the woman, and now it's kind of like they kind of either slow down or they ain't streamline, you mm-hmm. know, all of the stuff because they got what they really wanted, you know. So to me, it put emphasis on the guy being self-disciplined because you have to continue doing what you've been doing because mm-hmm. that's what got her. The moment you stop doing that, potentially she could you know walk away because you're not the man that she initially was introduced to right well it, exactly and i mean that's that's part of the deterioration of a of a relationship but i think also what's even deeper in that is you shouldn't you shouldn't look at at a person as a trophy or the win like basically this is a person you're going to you know have as part of your life it should be something you're creating together and that should never distract you from who you were before that might just be like an initial Mm. crazy love thing and and it will eventually go away i hope but if it doesn't because i mean yeah we we, it's kind of like this is this is where the self-discipline part is, is key 
but also where it's like, how can it be a healthy balance? And I'm mm-hmm. not calling men or women, per se, distractions, but when you add another person into your life, that requires energy, right. that requires time, money, mm-hmm. you know, trust. All that is is really taking away from, you know, your interests or your work, your product, your purpose, and all mm-hmm. those kind of things. So it's kind of like being able to really find the balance in having what you need to be doing, your person, your mission, and also, you know, with your wife, family, husband, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. But I think a lot of times we'll put, you know, what she says or what he wants, you know, before our own stuff and now it's kind of like we change or have a different priority mm-hmm. and it can maybe affect the relationship down the line. In yeah, I wonder if that was true self-discipline though or if or if the guy was just going through the motions like he didn't really love it. So he just did that mm. to kind of get somebody and then after he got him, he so he really wasn't disciplined. It just looked like it exactly. for a while. So how but how can people know what's true self discipline? Because even to even in that scenario, that guy may have thought he was really self disciplined. Mm-hmm. You know, up until you know the woman came, and now things have changed. Right. So it's kind of like, well. You like you said, he maybe wasn't in love with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know things happen, priority changing now. But how can somebody can really figure that out from the initial phases, or at least from first talking to him, where this guy is self-disciplined, he's not going to waver from this, he's going to continue his routine, versus like you know they'll change it down the line. Yeah, I usually look for that at moral values. What you value, what you value is usually seen by what you spend the majority of your time doing gotcha. how you are with people so i think i think that's a big part of it and also self-discipline like working out that's one one habit of self-discipline but self-discipline is also showing up yeah. getting there um being present you know being being radically generous i mean it just depends how you know what area you're into i mean i look at some of the some of the greats and um and when i look at what their daily schedule was it wasn't only what they were putting out into the world in their sports or their politics or or their you know faith it was how they lived their life like when they went out to the restaurant how were how did they treat people how were they those are all parts of self-discipline too. Are you the same? Yeah. Are you consistent? Yeah, that's big. That's a part that probably a relationship is not going to change. You're going to, you're basically going to do that with a partner too. Yeah. And I, I think I'd be very slow for if I were a guy, I'd be very slow to get into a relationship. Define slow. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I think slow to me is. When you first get into a relationship, instead of trying to see that person or talk to that person every day, I would opt for getting together with them once or twice a week and talking with them. Or I would just go as slow as I could to get to know the person because people change over time and, and you wear them down that way. Like you really get to see who that person is. If it goes too quickly, you're just gonna, it's gonna be more exciting, but it's also going to be more laden with mistakes, I think. Mm, so, yeah, so 
once or twice a week, you know, kind of getting together. Yeah. Versus like trying to see them as much as possible. Yes. And I think if the more you go into a relationship, letting them know how your life looks now. Like I'm very, I'm very careful about money, very careful about spending. I mean, for the first time, the d new dating trend is not to go to those exclusive high, high class restaurants. It's to go to someplace casual where either partner could pay if they wanted to, and basically keeping it low key. And it's also about talking about your credit score up front and about your discipline for you know what you eat and what you drink and your weight i think these things are all important because you're trying to get to know that person yeah. i don't know if i would go so much into weight if i were a guy dating or a female dating i but i would be very very aware and i would want to know how they like what their diet was like were they eating healthy were they drinking healthy what was it so it's, it goes against the, the culture today I, because, like, if somebody has – they met somebody and they're excited, they want to see the person again yeah. over and over. They ain't like ownership in a sense, uh, right. especially when they get in a relationship. So how can people really slow themselves down, not get caught up in the hype or what could be because people are always searching for the one, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, well, you know, you got, I have to, like, because even, even for me, it's like, okay, Mary Jo, you want me to, you know, talk to these women, only take them out once or twice a week or whatever. And it's like, but, like, what if she's a really attractive woman, very, you know, very good character, all this stuff? She may get attention all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? She may she may get shot at all the time. Like, is like she may not even think I like her if I'm mm -hmm. only trying to talk to her once a month twice or see her once or twice a week a month. So how can even how can I balance that marriage? <laughs> you know what you what you can do is you have to remind yourself that every even if it's once a week, you you need to stand out. Facts. I like that. You need to do something that is different mm. than the more than the majority of men she sees. Yeah. And so what most men do is they put that into monetary things. Yes, they do. And then they get pissed or upset <laughs> when they hear that or think all she wanted was their money. Yeah. And what women do is they put that into sex. And then they get angry when they look back and they go, all he wanted was to lay with me. That's, he just wanted sex. Yeah. So don't give them that, those things. Yeah. Give them something of yourself. Facts. So like even because it's like this is so this is so good, Mary Jo. Yeah. Because it's like I'm staying focused. Mm -hmm. You know, staying um, staying on the grind, staying on the, my purpose and all those things. See vision, see uh -huh. all that stuff. And but yet it's like there's a level where I'm trying to balance it. Mm -hmm. You know, still got to do what I got to do, but also I want to date at the same yes. time. You know, so it's kind of like really trying to figure that balance out, which I think I'm doing, you mm -hmm. know, good per se, uh, per se. But it's kind of like I think I'm a much better position now. It's because I see more of a vision. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when guys are not don't have a vision, don't have a purpose, don't have a mission, it's kind of like, well, I want to see her again because it's validation in right. a sense. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, like or they don't have 
that much to do. So it's like, well, my schedule is open. When's the next time I can see you? Versus now, it's like, I I, I may forget to text you, you know, right. like today because it's just I have so much to do today because right. I know I need to get X, Y, and Z done. You know, so I think that can, it helped me get to that once, twice a week mm-hmm. level versus when I was younger, it was like, nah, I'm like, like I'll see you Tuesday, what you doing Friday? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Well, you know, if you just remember, women will like you more if you don't make yourself too, too available. available. And and men do too. Facts, I facts. mean, it, if they know, because everybody wants to be with someone who has a life, who isn't desperate, when you act desperate or you act like you need to see them again, it's actually an unsureness on your part, or that's the way it comes across. It comes across as almost like, what's wrong with them? Like, do they, you know, it, very seldom do people go, well, he just likes me so much or she likes me so much that they need to be with me. Yeah. We just don't think, maybe guys do, but <laughs> women do not think that way. Yeah. So the more you space it out too, the more that they can, the more you can see them and the more they can see you. It clears up the lens, helps, it's actually gonna help you if, if you go slow. How slow, how slow is it like, let's just say I meet a girl tomorrow. Right. And I see her, <clears throat> I see her once a week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Things are going progressively good each once a week. Right. How how slow should I take it? Like how many months? It's like because like what's what's quick? What's fast? You mm-hmm. know, because it can be subjective. You know, right. I've seen people get in relationships that took six months. I've seen people get relationships that took a month. Right. You know, so right. it's like. Well, you know, I, it goes back to this. I fully am a believer that you know when you when you've met the one. What if you mean something happens to us that you just and some people go, well, I wasn't sure, even (laughs) though I didn't like my husband when I first met him, I knew he was the one. Wow. And I didn't really like him. I even told my friend, my friend said, he's going to ask you out. And I'm like, yeah, we'll probably end up married. That's the kind of guy I attract. And then it's exactly what happened. I mean, I knew when I went home, I said, I am going to marry that guy. And I wasn't gaga over him. And he wasn't at all like anybody I had ever known in my life. Wow. And my daughter had the same, both my daughters had the same experience with and with their husbands. And I just am such, I think God, I think there is another level of connection we know. Yeah. Yeah, like, because I, I, I feel like some people can feel like they have that level mm-hmm. of connection of knowing after the second date or the third date. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, since I know, I want it now. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yes. so then I feel like sometimes people can force it yeah. or, you know, kind of like get too overindulgent. And now it's kind of just, because mm-hmm. how can people really, like, hey, I can feel this, you know, even hear from God. Right. But I still need to take it slow. Yes, because if you if it's true, then then you can't break it. Like there's not something that's gonna break it. You can really screw up and you can cause problems with it, but it's probably not gonna break. I just think you know I like the pace of once a week 
And then, you know, if something comes up that you really, you've heard something they say and you really think they would enjoy this, you know, do do an extra date and just go, I thought you would enjoy this and I wanted to experience it with you. Yeah. But that can go on for a couple months. I think after that, then you have to start moving a little different. On yeah. It. Because it, they can, the other partner can wonder like what is what is their intention like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Weird. this is weird yeah yeah, 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 yeah. but that <laughs> might make them even more interested mm. just kind of like just because of the distance mm -hmm. and because he's so busy what is he yes. doing <laughs> yeah well and not only that but wow he's just when he's here he's so consistent like we go on a date and i he's so there with me people know that because I don't know, I've gone, I've gone out with people and watched people, and I've had clients tell me, to date now, like they they think nothing of going out with somebody the whole night. The person's just taking pictures, yeah, selfies, that's nice. yeah. and then posting, it. and it's like crap. That's yeah. not what you want on a date. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, I, yeah. I I I I start doing more active dates or get-togethers. Mm -hmm. You know, more yeah. of just like. Something where it's like we can get like off the phone or mm -hmm. not sitting down. Right. Something where it's like let's like let's get the blood flowing. Also right. let's get to know each other. That's great. Yeah. Well, and one thing that stands out to me a lot, and if I were dating, it would really stand out, is if the guy said, "Let's try a no phone date." If a guy said that to me, I'd be like, "Oh my god." Yeah. Like that's really. I would not forget him. Yeah. Because that's, that's very rare. For a, and that's a sign of emotional maturity. Like if he didn't use his phone the whole night, I didn't see it. Yeah. Except to navigate, like if he's navigating, navigating something. Yeah, that makes sense. Then I would really be impressed with him. How do you feel about inviting people like along your hobbies and interests? So what do you mean? Kind of like um, let's, a good example, like. Sometimes I'll take walks. Mm -hmm. You come walk yeah. with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's really neat. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. I think that's a fantastic date because people talk more yeah. and you, you kind of get them out. Other, yeah, yeah, of something different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I think more more of those kind of things, um, like you said, if you mm -hmm. put the phone away, right? You know, you're more you like you're doing something, but you're also like getting to know each other versus just sitting down where your phone is there. You take yourself to like I don't want to see you take a picture of the steak I paid for. Yes, yes. Well, and you know, not only that, Chris, but I think you really get to know people who are ready to be authentic if you get them in a physical activity. Because a lot of people who are just trying to look good for pictures, they don't want to get their hair messy, they don't want to get sweaty, and let's face it, these are human things. Yeah. So it's important that as many authentic things as you can experience, the closer you're going to feel to this person. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because I'm thinking if we can just walk and have a great time together, yes. it's like everything else is going to be ten times better. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, and not only that, but I think you can talk deeper when you're doing something. I think the, the conversation Do you think that would be a, like a good exercise? Like just say like a, a, relation, a couple or relationship having trouble, argument. Mm -hmm. Maybe they need to go walk it off. Oh, I tell them that all the time. I, that's one of my assignments. Mm -hmm. I want the two of you to walk a mile every night holding hands. And usually the, the woman will say, we don't even walk at the same pace. And I'm like, tonight you will. will yeah. yeah. Tonight you will. You're going to hold hands and you're just going to walk a mile. 
And it can feel awkward, it can feel excruciating, but at the end of that mile, things will be said or things will be felt, and then if you continue that, I think that's a really fantastic way of bonding. Yeah, because I think sometimes the environment, you know, it can play a factor. It can mm-hmm. linger, especially if it's like a, a bad argument or some kind of disagreement. Mm-hmm. That environment can linger and, and can set a mood and a right. tone for the evening or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think just walking off definitely is a good, healthy way to get it mm-hmm. rid of it. I also think one of the things that I'm really working with couples on is creating a community around your dating. So when mm. you... One of the things we know about couples right now is there's a real sense of a loss, a loneliness, a loss of community. So I, we think that's part of the pressure of couples because, you know, like he's got to be there for her and she's got to be there for him. But there's no support in the community. And so they, the more you can get involved in a community, the sooner you can get to know a potential date or person, and then invite them to your community, whether that's your church, a project you're working on, or whatever, the better, the more stability it provides for the two of you. Because you're with other like-minded people, at least with one of those partners, and it kind of forms a it's like having a fence or a guardrail around your relationship. It's very helpful. It's more helpful than having your friends involved, mm. which a lot of couples do now. Because a lot of couples, partners, have friends who are out to sabotage them. Or they're lonely and they want their friend to stay single. Absolutely. So they will find everything wrong about that friend's partner. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely happens. I think that community aspect is huge. Mm, I do, too. Especially, like you said, outside the friends, mm-hmm. you know, with the church, with the, you know, volunteering or whatever. Yes. You know, I think that that's huge because you get to see different levels. That's why I love church because I get to mm-hmm. see different levels of marriages. Right. Like, like the guy that spiritually leads me, he's been married 11 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know what I mean? He's 34. Mm-hmm. So wow. it's like, you know what he's I mean? I just, really... it just ain't nothing but game for yeah. me because it's like, I got a young guy, uh-huh. you know what I mean, that's yeah. been married, that has four kids, wow. sustaining himself. I'm just like, like this, like this is the kind of people you want to be around because yes. his marriage is happy, healthy. I see it mm-hmm. on uh, at least on a biweekly basis, yeah. you know, oh, to the wow. point. So it's like mm-hmm. that community aspect is is huge because you get different perspective, different knowledge, different wisdom, mm-hmm. and better examples outside of friends. Yes. Outside of family sometimes, you know, family. Yes. And outside of social media. No. Right. You know, right. so I think, that, like, like that is huge. Because even as you were talking, I was thinking, and I could even put myself in this category, when my friends isolate themselves in their relationship, they're not as happy as they was before they got into a relationship. That's right. Well, the more you use that relationship as your social your social be all end all, all yeah. the worst the worse it's going to be Cause it's like, because it probably won't be able to sustain itself we we're putting too much pressure on each other we need to spread that we need to have other friends other community so that we can love each other and support each other but yet we're not totally dependent upon each oh, other oh yeah cuz i mean even even like if my my close friend group in mm-hmm. in you know in Houston right now, all the ones that are in relationships on the weekends, they pretty much booked up. 
unless yeah. you doing something with them and you know their girl or, right. and, and you know so it's kind of like uh that is kind of like the norm nowadays mm-hmm. like whatever social thing you do you know your partner is going to be you know present right. most, some of the time or most of the time mm-hmm. you know so it's it's a very interesting dynamic and balance because i've definitely seen you you know mm-hmm. even like i said p- close personal friends of my get relationships and it's like we're not seeing each other as much because and i know that mm-hmm. happens because of life right you know what i mean obviously right. uh, but even when i was talking to my last guest he was like i know some guys that don't put the hangout or the brotherhood or the camaraderie as a priority in their life mm-hmm. and they feel lonely yep. they feel isolated mm-hmm. and they and have those very bad negative thoughts because they're not around community at all. right and you need to i mean guys need that women do that pretty naturally we're better at networking, but guys need to tell their partner, listen, I really need my brothers around me. Like, I need this support so I can be the man that you love yeah. and the man that I that I respect. Yes. I need to have this time with my brother. And then before like before you got here, respectfully, like, mm-hmm. before you got here, I was doing that. Right. And it was help making me and mold me into the man that you now like, respect, yes. love. You know, so it's kind of like why change that why Mm -hmm. but how can the i guess the guy communicate that in an effective way where she's not like well he doesn't want to spend time because all the women want to do is time yeah that's all they want is time yes no they want my time all the time i ain't got it (laughs) yeah i mean that is well time is the most precious thing yeah 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 so i mean It'd be nice if they wanted your <laughs> money because then you could give it to them yeah. and it's done. But they want your time. Yeah. But yeah. you do need to set your boundaries. And yes. you do still need that. Yeah. Because, you know, otherwise, if you unravel, then the whole relationship unravels. Facts. So. Facts. Okay. Well, Mary Jo, I appreciate you. This was another great, fantastic episode. Um, anything, um, last comments, thoughts you want to share with the people? Um, My last thought and comment that I really want to encourage all your followers, especially the guys, is that, guys, you need a you need a a tribe. You need a group of friends of community and do not forsake that, like establish that, keep it growing. And the reason is because I was telling Chris before we started, there is a real collective loneliness right now. And that means that basically you can be with a significant other. You can be with somebody you really love, family at the holidays or whatever. But if you don't have that community support, you're going to feel alone. And I want you to know you're not you're not isolated. This is something globally. And I'm seeing it more and more. So get a community belong to it, invest yourself in it, and then have your love too. Thank you so much, Mary Jo. Where uh, the people can find you? They can find me at my website, maryjoerapini.com. And I'm on Instagram and, and YouTube at Mary Jo Rapini. Amen. All right, so roommates, family, make sure y'all reach out to Mary Jo. Tell her how much you love her and thank her oh, for all the you. wisdom that she dropped on us today. Krista star of the show. I am joined by... Mary Jo Rapini. And we are the roommates, and we'll see you all next week. Brew! <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you.